the Pope, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast you listen to every week on the Laser Time Podcast Network. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And this is the podcast where we talk about sequential art and the graphic novels and films and television shows based upon those things. Mm. And I am joined, as always, by my good old co-host, Chris Antista. Hey! Hi, Henry! Hey. Uh, too loud. And uh, Dave just came back from his um, uh, fantasy camp for, for reading comic books. I thought it was fat camp. I was oh, it was fat camp. Fat camp. And you're looking so much slimmer. Thank you. I was going to say it did nothing. Uh, nothing! <laughs> yeah, that would have been a better joke. It's hey. a camp where you get more fat. <laughs> so, let me start with a jockish thing first. Oh, uh, God. I watched, I love those 30 for 30 documentaries mm-hmm. from ESPN, and they put a bunch of new ones on Netflix. And mm-hmm. there was one uh, about the 1989 earthquake that happened here yeah. during the Bay Bridge series, which was the Oakland A's versus the Giants, which the A's smoked the Giants in it. But um, And during Game 3, right at the start, 504. Huge earthquake, like the biggest earthquake since 1906. I might. Wa- I, w- I do remember and, my dad joked about it, and then it happened, mm-hmm. and I was watching it when it happened. Yeah, and that it was it was something that we only sort of like on the yeah. East Coast, where the three of us lived mm-hmm. as kids when it happened. Mm-hmm. It was just a thing. Like I was seven when it happened. I had no way of contemplating like what this even means. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't hear bonus time, I ate breakfast there this weekend. Because, uh, in a spot that the earthquake tore down an overpass. Yeah. And what used to be a bum village is now like this super hipstery, really nice section of town. Yeah. And so it was just amazing to see. And the thing, like now after living in San mm-hmm. Francisco for close to a decade, mm-hmm. to see the footage in a whole new light of the collapsed Bay Bridge or oh, the um, this yeah. overpass in Oakland that I've driven by or the rebuilt but it'll overpass. it'll never happen again. All these things. Well, <laughs> At the very least, I hope they prepared more after the 89 one. They, they even talk about, too, how in their redesign, like they had, a couple years before the earthquake happened, they had done some things at the, at the park where the game took place. Mm-hmm. It, was in a, it was in San Francisco. And that if they hadn't redone something with the structure a couple years earlier, the one of the top levels of bleachers would have crushed down on the next level of people beneath it, and it could have been, like, deaths of thousands. Oh, like, in the stands? In the stands, That would yes. have been hilarious. But it would only would have been people in the worst section. Yeah. So all of the... Well, actually, it would have been the bleachers people, people on top of the... Ri- the they would have died. Richer as, people. Okay, as well fine. as people right below them, but the people at the very bottom, mm-hmm. the richest people, they they're fine. fine. It was also <laughs> interesting from a... Uh, it's not funny, death and earthquakes and all that, but there was some humor you could get. <laughs> I got a slight amount of humor just seeing. Uh, so after the earthquake happens, mm-hmm. a lot of the family of the players is at the, are at the game. And so all these baseball players are with their like very 80s girlfriends and wives and all that just walking around. And so these women who weren't ready to walk around on a baseball field are now having to their hang out with their husband. And their high pants. And you got to think at least one of those baseball players had a girlfriend and a wife in the audience at the same day. You'd have to think. Yes. Yeah. All right, but anyway, that's what I watched. But let's get into what we've been reading. Weird on the comic show. I, I thought know, that was leading into like, it. and then Stan Lee saved the day. No, there there wasn't anything about comic books to do with it. But I will tell you that I did read Star Wars number nine, which mm-hmm. you you had read last week, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's still really great. And uh, the bit with uh, the, I'm thinking more and more they they are definitely threading in stuff that's going to be in Force Awakens, but they don't want to say that to spoil Force Awakens. Like the stuff with Sana Solo. 
it's got to be. I think that will something about it will be reflected in the film. And say, well, <clears throat> well, the other thing is, you notice that lots of people really want Luke's lightsaber. They mm-hmm. really want that lightsaber. Yeah, and uh, it would seem that. Well, let's just say in the first trailer for Force Awakens. Luke's original lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber, mm-hmm. seems to be getting passed around in it, and people the search for Anakin's lightsaber last seen in Bespin with Luke's hand mm-hmm. uh, people are looking for that as a plot point, so I don't know I Yeah, don't know. I saw some interesting rumors about the. I don't want Hayden Christensen I, to be in it I'm just No, it's not Hayden Christensen, it's just sort of like the idea like, well, Darth Vader's dead why show him and so many links to him mm-hmm. unless... I don't know. Mm, well, I mean, his force ghosts around, like so. It's not. No, eh. oh, that's right. That's the, the only Hayden information Christians you have that he's force definitely ghost, dead. Yeah. Force ghost is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you put it back in a body? I don't know. I yes. guess really anything goes in this new. Without George Lucas there to have dumb rules that nobody that for the people have to respect. Robots have yeah. to be cute. I want all cute <laughs> robots. A robot, a droid wouldn't do that. Nope. No. It's slowly turning into a muppet there. Uh, which, by the way, I haven't. Seen, That's what I, I haven't meant, seen it. I haven't seen it either. But I meant to whip out my because I, I never finished reading them. The Mar- mm. the four issue Marvel yeah. Muppet Saga. Uh, I think it, it were just labeled by seasons. Yeah, it was really good. It was really it was like a drawn version of the seventies Muppet mm. Show. And I though I will say I read Grantland's review, which I'm I haven't seen the show, so I can't say I, I go with it or not. Mm. But he was savage to it, just savage. They really? said. The guy there said it was awful, and it's like the... Oh, the show. The show is awful, and it's the awful show, the Muppets, that we deserve, that we've ruined the Muppets. And they said, like, his example was great that he said, um, first off, we've seen all these things that make dirty things out of the Muppets, like Ted or like Greg the Bunny or Mm -hmm. all these things. But he says, and that's fine. Those are good comedies. I don't hate when Muppets do, when puppets do dirty things. But when the literal Muppets are doing the things they're parody do, he thinks that sells out the concept of the Muppets a bit. I think you should go back and look at the uh, pilot to the Muppet Show called Sex and Violence. Or maybe the, anything Jim Henson did before uh, the Muppet Show uh, kicked That's, off in a high gear. They were always for everybody. Well, and then, I disagree with that. Then he also had an interesting bit where he's like, who do I blame for this? I, and this gets back to comics. He says... Mm-hmm. I can't blame Jim Henson for dying, so I will instead <laughs> I will instead blame a living person, Frank Miller, because he said what? that. Uh, so this was the I liked the mental gymnastics of this mm-hmm. argument that he had. So he says that in 1986, Frank Miller did The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. and that was a postmodern, grim and gritty rest- recreation of a thing you loved as a kid and making it mature again mm-hmm. and from there grim and gritty comics have continued to this day and he's using that as an argument to say that like these were the this was the way you sell the things to kids when they grow up instead of saying they don't like it congratulations you curmudgeon the thing you like isn't calcified in time <laughs> Jesus Christ like it just grew up and evolved with a new audience that's how good thing, that's how things end up staying the test of time I'm more, I again haven't seen the show yet but I've seen no glimmer mm-hmm. that it's like it needs to be savage. Theoretically, I, I'm more annoyed that it's co-executive produced by the creator of The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, but, maybe. Uh, that's I, just I think it's a good format for the Muppets. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's if this if they were making the Muppet Show today, that's what it would look like. Though, man, I just love. I, I've just been. I've been thinking of all the dreamy hippie idealism of the Muppets because we did that top seven this week. <laughs> so seeing one that's just all jokey office style humor. 
it's it's so different from. You can still get it a deeper mm-hmm. existentialism. Yeah. And I won't give it a chance beyond the first twenty minutes. The awkwardness of being alive, dude. Gonzo <laughs> embodies all that. Um, uh, whatever. I. You know what I read? Yes. Um, no, I, I don't. I forgot. No, oh. I remember now. Uh, the fade out. Volume oh, 2. Wow. I caught up with that. Awesome. I haven't got Volume 2 That yet. shit is fucking bliss. And like almost nothing has been advanced. And you know almost no new details. Sounds but great. certain things are coming to light. But I, I don't know. I, I told you my comic routine. Mm-hmm. I crank up the Pandora. I've never quite gone to the 1940s station. Oh. And I just put on some Adi Shaw and uh, read oh. Fade Out. It was fuck. It was like what a great experience. Wow, I've got to try that. That's yeah, Fade awesome. Out. If we haven't talked about it, is a, a comic set. What nineteen forty five? Maybe a meet. No, a little after. It's got to be a little after that because like it McCarthy, might be like early. 50s. The Hollywood blacklist has been in effect, which was uh, oh yeah. Then it's like mid fifties. Yeah, McCarthyism is. Uh, Scared out a lot of the Jews and liberals out of the out of the Hollywood writing process, and, and then the main character is a front, like he's a, yeah. yeah. And but there's been a there's been a murder on this set, and it's it, I love obviously if you've heard Laser Time, myself and Diana love these old Hollywood stories. And Me the, too. Me when too. their PR department was like kind of godlike, yeah. And like, they, they, at the very least, they were the Gestapo on the on yeah. the Hollywood thing. They'd hire like in the book, they'd hire an old police detective. Mm-hmm. To be their head of security, who could talk to the other cops, like, yeah, hey, I got it. Yeah, you're right. You do got it, old. And it wasn't. It, they don't in Hollywood. They didn't. They didn't operate quite on the lines of like the mafia, but they'll. They would. They could cover shit up. They could make mm-hmm. stories disappear. And this is kind of the story of that. Yeah. Manufacturing a story that happens to involve murder. Uh, involving one of the starlets um, of it, this small studio. It's from the same team that did Fatal, which yes, I really enjoyed. And Dave has read, read his previous homework, but mm-hmm. this is uh, more grounded. It is still mm-hmm. it is still noir because that is the that's Ed Brubaker is what he's feeling these days. The dialogue know? is excellent. Like, yeah. I, it's like I, I, I was like I, I, at some point I was like I wish there was more of the story revealed but like I could at this point I could live in this world for a lot longer mm-hmm. uh, so I, I unfortunately it is a limited series like it has an end after, when it gets to whatever volume 3 is that is the finale apparently Ooh, well so. I, I couldn't I can't recommend that enough another great thing I read just today was um, Fury number 1 Oh, I've heard that uh, that gets kind of political. Even it do- it does in like the greatest way possible. Well, first, it mm-hmm. involves a story with Nick Fury Senior, mm-hmm. and what is the story? Nick Fury Junior. Nick Fury Junior is his Nick son. Fury, you know who Nick Fury is? Uh, I know Nick Junior. Nick, stop so it! Nick Fury, so Nick Fury, <laughs> the man of the forties, and, and Nick Fury's Howling Commandos, who then became the head of Shield and has an eye patch and all this, and it's a white man. And yes. we always knew him as a white guy with brown hair. Mm-hmm. Then Until... here comes Samuel L. Jackson to make to become a much more famous Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and be based on the Ultimates version. And then all of a sudden, an African American Nick Fury who looks just like Sam Jackson shows up in the real Marvel universe. In the six one six, and what do they canonically make him? His son. He is his son. Yes, yeah. he is his son. So Dave, if you're li- the David mm-hmm. Hasselhoff Nick Fury and <laughs> the, and the Sam Jackson <laughs> Nick Fury exist in the same wow. universe, mm-hmm. and they're uh. Uh, father and son. The one became kind of a cosmic entity. Yes. At the the father became a cosmic entity. So the only one that's really puttering around normally in the Marvel universe is this. Let's I, not to get off on a huge rant there, but I like I kind of wanted to remark on how I think Secret Wars has like lessened my interest in all of Marvel stuff mm-hmm. at the moment just because like what do I read because like all of well, it's temporary and fleeting yeah none of it matters and it's, it's all, all the, it's all huge co- at a huge cost at a yes. huge cost yeah I well. Uh, is a quick intro, a quick mm-hmm. interlude about what I have been reading that I did. 
I did read Runaways Volume uh, Number Four, which mm-hmm. is the last issue of it, and I really enjoyed it. But it could only really work as as a limited series, mm-hmm. and it's in the Doom world as much as anything is of Secret sure. Wars. But I also realized, like, no, I, I, I just need forget to. Ex- that, I forget that world exists. I need to just enjoy these as like these are these are just one offs. These, these are, are else world or what ifs. They're, they, yeah. And, and some are better than others, and I mainly have just been following the creators. But now, it. now it feels just like a super long time since we've been in a Marvel universe. And this, yes. I don't know where this issue takes place, but it doesn't seem to have anything to do with Secret Wars. And, it, and I don't even know if it's. It, oh, it's it, also part it, of Fifty Years of Shield. Yeah, and it read like a one-off. Yeah, it so, kind of is. Yeah. One, it, it is. It is very. It is vaguely political as much as a Marvel comic can be. My Black absolute, Furies matter. My right. well, my absolute favorite, and I, I felt like. Why hasn't someone cut this together so eloquently now? When someone like, let's say, a Donald Trump in 1965, this country's going to shit right away, it's terrible, everything's going into the gutter, and then immediately a flash is forced to 2015 where everything looks fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> everything is absolutely fine. The people who said, like, if we end segregation, then yes. we're going to destroy this planet. Yes. Like, and then America is dead. It's Nick Fury standing over, like, a beautiful fountain, and, like, oh, yeah. All those are zealots and meant to enrage you and. So that's a nice feeling when you see current day 2015 yeah. and you think, you know, it's it's There's hard so to many imagine a 2045 where everything is better than now. Yes, but... Never think things were better back then. They weren't better. They were simpler. <laughs> mm-hmm. They weren't better for everybody. But I, 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 the comic was great. It involves a hate monger and a reincarnated hate monger. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was just Nick Fury of now travels back to meet... His fa- and, and I know that doesn't sound great, but it's like, I love the way they talk about it. Like, nah, we have time. Mm-hmm. Travel protocols. We, yeah. I know. T- yeah. Just call me Junior. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you anything else. You know that. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. So, all right. I, I wish I checked it out. I saw that there were some, I saw some uh, shots from it that are like, whoa, Black Lives Matter stuff is in this. That's crazy. Not like a. No, like, but I, I had to like yeah. think back to what you're talking about. Well, I mean, there's police brutality. Mentioned. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. completely. Yes, yeah. that did happen. And he's, and he's like, we got to do something. He's like, you know, we can't do anything. 34 <laughs> people have to die in this riot. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Man. Uh, oh, also, I read uh, Power Up number three, mm-hmm. which is still this fun book by Kate Leth, who you maybe heard me, you know, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Gushing Being about my love over. of... I love Kate Less's work so much. I'm loving her more and more, and I can't wait, cannot wait for her work on Hellcat. But Power Up is her interesting miniseries she's doing at Boom, where it's uh, kind of a parody of Sailor Moon, where Sailor Moon powers are given to everyday Canadians. Like, three different, <laughs> three different Canadians and a fish have are given the Sailor Moon powers. One is a construction worker, one is a uh, married mother of two... And one is like this uh, slacker girl who works at a a um, a pet store, and it, one and a fish gets the power as well. And it's it's interesting. I'd say the pace is maybe just it could pick up the pace mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It also reads like we made this as a possible like Nick Ju- or Nickelodeon or Cartoon mm-hmm. Network pitch, mm-hmm. and they didn't buy it, so we're just making this ourselves. They'll buy it now. I hope that so. It's an existing property. So yeah, it's uh, it was good. It was it was real good. But uh, oh, also I'd say about Runaways, it finally had like the payoff of is such a like super queer book, and that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. That also like now, even though the Jubilee I've always known is straight in the X Men comics, I kind of want Jubilee to be a lesbian now, just because it was such a good 
Such a good fit for her in the Runaways book. I so this uh, Runaways comic has nothing to do with the CW show we talked about in our most oh, recent Oh, God, episode. Dave. Oh, why do you got to keep bringing it up? I Harping know. on the Runaways show. Well, hey, that's a good early secret plug. We should be doing more of those, man. Yeah, totally. should, like, and, yeah, you know, I talked about a similar um, thing in um, this week's Top 7. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But any hoozles. Yeah, that, that... Oh, and I also read... I started... I was catching up on some Secret Wars tie-in books because, thanks to the wonderful listeners out there, you know who you are, gave me some codes for some Marvel books. And so I was reading Ultimate End. I'm two issues into Ultimate End. Mm-hmm. That and was that for you? It's good. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Well, so again, it's not what it should be separate from Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Is just this is the last Ultimate comic. Mm-hmm. And this is when the Ultimates meet the regular Marvels and they fight each other and then in the end the Ultimate Universe is dead. And I love that it's Brian Michael Bendis and, and mm-hmm. Mark Bagley finishing off the universe they've started. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoy that um, the metatextual comments that come in every once in a while because the first issue, or the first page of the first issue is the Punisher like putting together a sniper rifle and says... This was the only way it was going to end. And then it shows the Ultimates about to have a giant fight with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a statement about just the Ultimate Comics. Eventually, Ultimate Comics would die. Mm-hmm. And they'd end up fighting the Avengers, the, the 616 universe in the end. And that's, Weren't we always promised like, the, those universes would never cross over yeah. until they constantly did? Well, that's when they, that's when they, valued, the, that's when they valued Ultimate mm-hmm. Comics. But in the last seven years, it's just been its slow implosion and mm-hmm. destruction. Once, once Mark Miller left it, they really... It's everything we kind of used to laugh at DC about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I will say I do feel like a slight... Um, mm hypocrite because I definitely made fun of DC during the Convergence Saga mm-hmm. because they're like saying they're taking three months off and just filling it with comics they don't care to read with all these weird back throwbacks and crossovers now Marvel's been doing the same thing all summer I'm like these are really cool flashbacks I like this book it's like mm-hmm. in the 90s I know so guys I said it before you did okay you don't you can't call me a call them out people don't call me a hypocrite H-E-N double gur on Twitter uh, and lastly, what I've been reading before we get on to the homework of Dave. But uh, so there is this amazing Batman sale, and it is Batman Day this Saturday, guys, which is as real a holiday as anyone from Hallmark. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but so w- there's a bunch of sales going on for of Batman things. There's also some stuff on sale on PSN. But the big one for me is the Batman 1000 sale mm-hmm. on Comixology, where 1000 Batman comics are now a dollar. And that only that one thousand dollars for all those Batman comics. <laughs> yes, for a thousand. Well, oh, actually, like nine hundred and nine. No, nine hundred and ninety dollars for it because they're ninety nine cents. Ah. And I predicted this would be impossible to browse. Uh, kind of is, <laughs> but I'm clicking on it now. Even yeah. it, does it well, have the whole Snyder run? Um, up to Endgame, they mm. have all of Year Zero, so you can get all of Year Zero for like ten bucks. Or sorry, it's not bad. zero it's a great year, run. not Year Zero. Yeah, oh, you shit, get but Scott all the Batgirls in there too. All the Batgirl, the the reboot of Batgirl, the reboot of Grayson, which I've heard oh, very good things about. Gotham Academy is in there. I really mm-hmm. enjoy Gotham Academy, and it has all these '90s Batman books I read all the time too, like all mm-hmm. the, uh, well, not all the Nightfall stuff, but around Nightfall, just these great '90s Batman books and '80s and even '40s Batman books. 
in there. And there's some good... Um, oh, some it, 90s Robin. If there's, I loved 90s Robin. Yeah. I read 90s Robin quite a lot. He was one... Him and Superboy were two of my uh, boyhood crushes. Hmm. Uh, but also, I if I could suggest one thing in there that's a really good buy... For three bucks, you can get, or I guess two ninety seven. Mm-hmm. You can get there's in the Batman Legends of the Dark Knight series. Mm-hmm. I forget the issue numbers. It's in the thirties. But Grant Morrison did a story called Gothic, which mm-hmm. is about Batman fighting his old headmaster from school, who's now become a supervillain because he's a Scottish demon. And that sounds pretty crazy, and that but it should because it's Grant Morrison. So mm-hmm. I would totally say get that. Though I also read. Uh, I read Detective Comics Zero, yeah. which is a really cool little. Oh wait, no, 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 not that Zero. Yeah. A different the Zero Hour Zero of Detective Comics for the nineties. Oh boy, which is a, it's a nice little Batman origin slash team up with Robin. It just it reminds me of a time in the nineties when when everything was simple, man. In nineteen ninety four, and I was twelve, and everything was 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 cool, man. Man. Anyway, that was totally worth ninety nine cents. So and I and I did buy zero year. I'd never read all of zero year. So what do you that about Dave's homework? Dave's homework. All right. So I read Chew, uh, Mm -hmm. the most recent assignment, volume Uh, one of Chew. Yes, Yes, you weren't here last week. So you've uh, this is what your assignment was two episodes back. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B. What? Mm, Come on. For I mean I I don't know if I would if B for beat. Yeah, (laughs) the only thing he likes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was kind of. Put off like Treating before like I read homework? it. Well, I, I I thought I had heard like, oh, this is going to be made into a show. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into it with that perspective. And then I read it. And I'm like, they made, this is a police procedural <laughs> in comic book form. Well, I, I, this, it gets batshit insane. I, it actually, it really gets. Crazy. I do like you know how it like honestly. I believed when I was reading this. Before I looked it up, that the, the, that, the pa- that the powers were real. Yeah, uh, cyberpathism. Really? I've heard uh, the thing about people seeing sound or, yeah. or smelling sounds or whatever. Yeah. So his power is that, like, anytime he eats anything, he can he knows everything about everybody who made it. He can taste everything. Or he gets visions of, of like, um, and he can. Yeah, and that's why he hates most foods is because he knows like everything that was put into like. All the way the animals are treated and like every- what the what the chef did on the day before his hair fell into the soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once he gets human visions, then he starts using that for. Oh, and there's there's also the added. That's already a high concept. Yeah. Then the added high concept of after the bird flu, chickens became illegal. A, an illegal yeah. drug. <laughs> And, and the FDA is the most powerful government yeah. agency. Yeah, and I and I like that he and was then in, aliens start getting into things, and it really oh, gets chicken it. assassins. Yeah. It's wonderful. I like that he was in love with uh, the, with her powers a Sabo Scrivener, who is yes. someone who's able to write food so eloquently, write about food so eloquently that it like feels like you're eating. Yes, which is like that. Those two together, that's like a total um, uh, pushing daisies. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Like yeah. it's that exact thing. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing this as a show, but apparently, actually, the show is not. I wasn't into Pushing Daisies all that much. I like no, it. I thought there was some controversy behind, like, the writers and creators had never been paid. Really? Yeah, and things wow. had not moved forward uh, at all. That was good, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, some most of the, the, the like the crime stories within that were pretty good. I didn't like... What the art, it, man? Art's, art's mm-hmm. good. 
Um, I I didn't like the one character with Mason Savoy, like his boss for the for the beginning. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a change at the end of that yeah of that trade like, that it's makes a long con for that character. Yeah, that's the thing. But it was like yeah, the first five issues. I'm like, I can't Somebody... really don't like this character. He's kind of I can't stand him, and he's like too much of a caricature. Oh, it's like Orson Welles if, yeah. he was, if he was a mercenary. Well, that's the te- I mean that's the kind of long game they're playing. I liked I. I wasn't too into him at first when yeah. it seemed like it was just this episodic issue yeah. by issue thing. But I think by issue six, they realized, oh, this is selling well mm-hmm. enough that we can keep going for a while. So yeah. let's do what we were really planning on doing. And then they flipped the old switch. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I went to look up those the, the, the two things in there, the, the, the Chibo Path mm-hmm. and the, the Sabo Scrivener. I'm like... Are these real? And it turns out they're not. They're just invented sure. in this comic. And then I read about all the new powers that have been introduced, and I totally want to read the. More I'm telling you, now. man, it's one of the better things you got. But yeah, I don't know if it's too spoilery to like read some of yes, these. Yes, it is. Dude. It is. Yes, oh it's my god! Very spoilery. Yes, it is. I just love that there's people who can sculpt chocolate in the way that it, it people will mistake the chocolate sculptures for humans. <laughs> and uh, wow. there, there's another power to be able to cut tortillas into sharp objects. Mm-hmm. Those are those are great. No, that's there's so it, many of these that I'm just like I got to see how this. Yeah, it really comic. grows that book quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, Dave, have you been keeping up with Fear of the Walking Dead or no? Nah. Yeah, no, I, I wonder how many people have been because it's most reviews I've read have not been well, great. I, the, I think the, the ratings are still good, and like everybody oh, who I know who like watched The Walking Dead and never really read The Walking Dead, but were mm-hmm. super into the show or into Fear of the Walking Dead. I, I just I know a few years back I had a fling with like a twenty one year old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like what she's I'm like, what are you into? And she's like like zombies. I'm like I love them. Like what do you, what do you what, fuck what do you like? I, like do you want any Resident Evil games? What's Resident Evil? Like what <laughs> what it like really? There's just this insatiable thirst in the youth for zombies and it doesn't matter man. what? I don't get kids today, man. Just don't get them but zombies. Um, no, yeah, I did see a post that somebody said, like, was Carl on Fear of the Walking Dead? And somebody thinks that somebody... You bet your ass! He somehow made it oh, all the way out to California. Carl of today would no way, wouldn't look oh, like... Coral! Co- yeah. Coral? Is that how mm-hmm. I should be pronouncing yes. it? I'm sorry. Well, maybe he found a coral and drove the coral <laughs> to the... To L.A.? <laughs> well, Dave, then it's time for a new assignment yeah. in uh, your homework before we take a break. And, uh... Well, so there's only three books, ones we've all mentioned before. So first off, there's Batman Detective, which is a really cool single issues, like six single issues, all written by Paul Dini, the creator or co-creator of the Batman animated series in the 90s. Very good. Batman. I believe in the other room, though, we have Sonic Genesis Collection. If Don't read Sonic. that. No. <laughs> all right. And there's also straight from the 90s, the Hitman book, which is the comedy book of a hitman who gains superpowers in Gotham City and only uses it to murder people. And then lastly, my current favorite book of the year so far, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. It's the first four issues, mm-hmm. along with a bonus, her first appearance from the 80s, drawn by Steve Ditko. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. those are the three choices here, Dave, for so Dave's homework. The, uh, the first Batman one, that seems pretty serious. No, not Oh, uh, Detective? Yeah. Yeah, that's... it is very serious, yeah. And it's so, a nice bunch of little, uh, little mysteries. I'm going to take that one based on the fact that uh, I've been reading a book. lot of funny stuff lately, funny and, I'm, books. and I'm also ah. I'm also still working on the uh, I'm going to call it extra credit from from Zach uh, Lumberjanes. Oh yes, I forgot about and that. And I think yeah, that that'll be a good you counterpoint. Need some violent to this. levity in your yeah. life. Well, so the sixth volume in that the sixth issue in that volume of <clears throat> Batman Detective, that's the book, guys, which you can also get on the Batman One Thousand sale too. Mm-hmm. Like all six issues in that are a dollar each. But anyway. 
It has my one of my favorite ever Joker stories in it. I really enjoy it. It's got a really great Joker story. All right. Well, anyway, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, lots of news about new books being announced, new exciting creators, the age of Spider-Man, and more. Welcome to the break on this episode of Cape Crisis, and as always, I appreciate your listening and hearing all about the world of comic books, which I love so, so dearly. And, uh, you know, I also appreciate all the support, either by visiting the website lasertimepodcast.com, our host site, or by going to the Patreon and uh, directly supporting us through there with a 5, 10, or whatever you can afford a month donation it really helps us out you know we've we've gotten a lot of response but every every extra dollar helps us you know keep on living and and putting the effort back into the site as you can see on all the great posts we do on the website though of course if you also wanted to uh, support us just by buying things through amazon at no extra cost to you anything you buy through a link on the website uh, on amazon kicks back a little bit of money our way and again no extra cost to you so that is a great way to support laser time so if you're just going like oh i need to buy new um, almond milk on amazon go through one of our links even though we don't have a link to almond milk just go through one of the links buy it in the new tab that opened and boom you just supported laser time by drinking non-dairy milk pretty great huh also as you might see on this page for it there's a link to a, uh, a new thing we're trying out, Stylin' Online, this t-shirt store uh, that sells a bunch of really great comic book t-shirts. I bought tons of them at Comic-Cons. They have a lot of them there. If you buy them through the link that's on the page for this week's episode, click on it, and uh, some money gets kicked back to our way, too, at no extra cost to you. And again, there's some really great, like, there's the Spider-Man shirt I'm eyeing myself. I'm like, oh, boy, I should really get this. That looks awesome. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We shall see. Uh, and now, uh, oh, shoot, I was almost going to go into the Hank's Corner. But first, don't forget, if you haven't done it yet, go to iTunes, give us a review, give Cape Crisis a review, and give it five-star rating. All that stuff really helps us out. The more reviews, the better. I've seen there's been some recent ones. I always love seeing new ones. But any more really help us out. So please, iTunes, subscribe, review if you haven't yet. And lastly, now it is time. Hank's Corner pick of the week we talked it up a bit in the second segment and it reminded me how much i wanted how much i love this book silver surfer by dan slott and mike and laura allred it is such a great book the silver surfer has never been more exciting more down to earth more relatable than he is in this book without you know ditching any of the stuff about silver surfer that we know so well and it also has that great kind of Doctor Who vibe that doc you've got Silver Surfer this ageless you know super being uh, and with this female companion with him the whole time it's helping him you know get more down to earth and and get used to the mortal experience it's it's such a good book Dan Slott and Mike Allred and Laura Allred are doing amazing things with it it just ended because of Secret War but they'll be coming back next year so I'm very excited about that and you can get the first few volumes through the link on this episode's page on lasertimepodcast.com or anything else through Amazon. All right, 
enough for me. Now, back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble! And we're back for the second half of this wonderful episode on this week's episode of K-Prices. So... Chris, we haven't done this in a while, but I've no, been wanting... I, I almost threw these out. I mean, they're <laughs> better when C- Brett is here to compete against me. Uh, I think I can be suitable competition. I but believe you we can. haven't done a trivia challenge in a little while, and there's a big old stack of Marvel oh trivia God. cards that we have sitting around here. Oh, my God. Just collecting desks. I know. It's, sorry. Ooh, smell that. It's called Chris, giant juice? It's, <laughs> Chris is, is trying... Is, he's multitasking really well vape. Um, So, but we do have these. I, see, I don't know if we've had these uh, these challenges before, but you'll no, you, you we've definitely me. done them at least once. No, so no, we, but yeah. these specific cards. I remember I accidentally okay. shuffled them. Yes. Well, well um, I mean, what are the odds? Pretty. I feel like small. I, I feel, right? okay. Never tell me Marvel, the odds. This is Jake. from the Marvel Marvel trivia game. Right, I know I where it's from. Yes. Uh, Victoria Hand is appointed as deputy director of Shield under what new head? That would be the new head of Shield post Secret Invasion, Norman Osborn. Osborn, Norman Osborn. Damn it! I said it too. Both so I guess why there's a tie in there, right? <laughs> Not quite. Not until I find my button. Yes. Whoa. Yes, right. Dave is correct. Yeah. Um, Henry, <laughs> wait. We have with you. Uh, what immortal half sister of King Arthur is a consistent thorn in the side of the Avengers? Well, you don't have to. Just if you know a theory and legend, you'd probably know that's Morgan Le Fay. Le Fay. Yeah. Nice job, David. <laughs> um, what is the the first name of Luke Cage's daughter? Oh, A, Danielle, uh, B, Maria, C, Suzanne. Uh, C, C, Suzanne. Yeah. Oh, C. Suzanne. Yeah. Oh, no, Mar- no one, no one. All right, what, what do we have left? Oh, damn. Uh, Maria well, wasn't even an option. No B, one. Right. B. Uh, Dave, there's one left. A. Uh, Dave, it is A. Yeah. Dave with a sweep. Uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed I missed that one. After being blamed for the death of Iron Fist, Power Man left New York City and settled in what city? Oh, uh, Kansas City. Detroit. Ooh, everybody. Big, LA. Big bowl wrong. Baltimore. Um, uh, North Carolina. Big city. Honolulu. Big city. Toronto. Big city. San Francisco. Chicago. Dave Rudden once Damn again. It. Oh, man. He's owning this competition. Uh, Actually, what you know, ninja weapons uh, does Daredevil's ally, lover, and occasional foe electrically wield? Uh. Dave side. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, all right. Well, you, amazing. Win, you win this round of Marvel that Trinity Challenge, Dave, but... I actually I, knew that last one too. Uh, that was, but you got it with sighing. It's never fun. I'm sorry, and it's just never fun if you win because it, it's like having the bank win yeah. or the, the house so. in Vegas. It's like watching I, you be successful at Muppets racing. Uh, like, not, <laughs> in between parts one and two of this, we played two hours of Muppet games, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not the same afterwards. Um, it was terrible. Hey, by the way, guys, did you know that the Marvel Animation Studios they did Muppet Babies? Oh, of yeah, course you do because it's. Spider-Man's a huge logo at the end of it. But yeah, that's why I remember, I think I, one of the first things I ever showed you, Chris, to show what, how, what a big nerd I was, was introducing you to the scene of Stan Lee getting sprayed on with silly strings. It was one of the first gifts I've ever taken, because it just looks like, <laughs> like Stan Lee getting bukkake'd from off screen. <laughs> and he's just like, whoa, what the... Well, this isn't supposed to happen. Excelsior, damn it! <laughs> 
Uh, well, okay. Time to get into the news then. After all those funny games, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot. Of, there were a couple big, I'd say, Marvel stories. I would mm-hmm. say that. Uh, first off, they named a new Black Panther writer and a new Black Panther series that's going to start at the end of this year. Hey, what's the deal with that? I don't know who that guy is. Okay, so this was announced through the New York Times because he's Bloody. a big fancy pants. So the writer is, and I. Okay, by the way, lots of people gave me correct. But uh, the replies reminding me that I missaid several names, including Charles Sowell, not So Yule, and, <laughs> and and I also said Tokyo Dreams instead of Tokyo Ghost, which is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. So I will now wade into this new <laughs> name. It is Ta Nahisi Coates. Nahasa be the one. It is T A hyphen N E. H-I-S-I. Mm-hmm. And he, Coates is uh, famous in SJW circles mm-hmm. for being he's... I've seen retweets. He, yeah, I see his retweets all the time. His, uh, yeah, his, his Twitter... Well, I've, I've seen his tweets retweeted all the time. His Twitter handle is... Even though he is an African-American, mm-hmm. his Twitter handle is this oldie time, like, six, um, 1860s general of some such. I'm honestly not totally sure. I really just like when people don't have their picture as their Twitter icon. But I don't do that. I know, that's the joke. I get it. But the, come on, that image Same of... Same for Chris. Chris, you, oh, actually, it, no, you got no, a, Chris a hybrid. But that image of uh, that image of Homer, like, grousing with a with a crown on his head, mm-hmm. that's great. And you guys can all see that if you follow me at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. But anyway... I'll just say that the cruelest group of people, mm-hmm. hashtag who... Uh, use anonymous tags. I'm like, grow some fucking balls. You're gonna attack yeah. real people. Use your goddamn face. I want to see you. I want to be like <laughs> yeah, funny. When, you. when if you're a Twitter mm-hmm. person using anime mm-hmm. to like on your icon while like saying the most vile shit in the universe. Yeah, you're really bad. hurting anime at that point. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so anyway, Coates is one of those guys. He's written a lot about race in America. He's written multiple books on the subject. He's written for the Atlantic and and the Pacific. He's a he's and the a, Arctic and the Indian. Mm-hmm. So he's a real fancy pants uh, journalist, and yet he wanted to do his own comic book. He's been a comic nerd his whole life. He says, it's, and he's he's been wanting to do a Marvel book. For that's a long awesome because it's a super interesting hire to hire. Yeah. Like I, I do like hire the idea of hiring writers from outside comics to mm-hmm. jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, like well, CM Punk. Well, because especially with characters where there's not a, I wouldn't say there's no stakes with Black Panther mm-hmm. because he's got a movie coming out. But yeah. I, like, I don't and think he's in Civil War next year. Too. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't think I think Marvel is willing to do. Let's see what works. Yeah, like, yeah. and I, I just think Black Panther, he's been doing... Uh, he's had a lot of great books before, and he was just really good in New yeah, Avengers. Yeah, like the but, main character in New Avengers. So yeah, I think I uh, some some conservative internet people maybe aren't happy about it, because Coates said... Now they'd have things, to know who he is. But whatever, yeah. No, well, they do, because he's a Black Lives Matter guy. No. But anyway, I do think Coates is a very inspiring hire. They don't inspired hire, too, because... Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what he can do as an actual writer, mm-hmm. like that, as a fiction writer. It's it's a weird transition, but it's one. That, hey, I'm dying to make too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. He says it's, he's going to be on board for at least a year, at least a year long of stories. It's like, is writing one comic like I don't, I don't 
say it's a full-time job, is it? Some, I mean, it depends on how fast of a writer you are. Yeah, some yeah. some writers can get out six books a month or something. Mm-hmm. Others can only do two a month, you know. And I also read, uh, I didn't have this on my list, but there was this funny, well, not funny, uh, but so this guy who was a writer at DC a couple years ago mm-hmm. who quit in an unhappy fashion, he went on to get hired on a staff job uh, on a sitcom. And he said that he would have to write six books, uh, uh, six different monthlies in a month to get paid the same he's written to be a staff writer, not even like associate producer mm-hmm. on a TV show. And he says, that's why you're getting brain drain on comics, because the only people who stay in comics for that crappy pay yeah. mm-hmm. are people who love comics so much that they're just they're like, I'm such a nerd for comics. I'll just do it. I'll take mm-hmm. it for free. Mm-hmm. I'm sure us from the enthusiast press cannot mm-hmm. identify with that mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. a little bit. Because everything we uh, do pays. It pays uh, so amazing, well, man. well. Oh, it, every job we took paid so well, oh, man. man. Uh, speaking of pay, I also read one, one time I got paid uh, to review DDR. Uh-huh. With a DDR mat. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, DDR. <laughs> I also want to direct you guys. Bleeding Cool had this really interesting essay written by uh, a writer who does an image book named Justin Jordan, which is about, it's called On the Problems uh, with 999 Price Points for Trade Paperbacks. And uh-huh. so, you know, he works at Image, mm-hmm. and Image's practice is here's your here's the first paper trade paperback. It is 999. Mm-hmm. And it. I've seen it sell so many people on books, including sure. myself, to try a book in the first mm-hmm. volume that I normally wouldn't. Yeah. If it, it was 15 bucks, even though it's just yeah. just $5. 99 seems yeah. awesome for anything. But he says that like if it depends on it depends on how many you sell, but it is for a lot of people it can be a lost leader that 999 yeah. one or that the the profits are so small that it's almost non-existent. It's just to get you to buy, 50, hopefully, yeah, your book's good enough and you'll buy a fifty ninety nine. I mean, I, I do have some sympathy, but that's mm. not unlike how anything in the universe works right now. <laughs> yeah. Like in, in an age where there's so much content, mm-hmm. or as Grim would call it, protent, <laughs> uh, bleeding out from every wall, you usually give away the first bit for a little mm-hmm. less or for free. Mo- like hey, hey, comics, most people give their first shit away for free. Yeah. Find Netflix mm-hmm. and Hulu, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you free trial. And hopefully trial. we get you addicted yeah. and you stay. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it was an interesting, it was an interesting read. You're saying that, that sites, for God's sake, more than a month of Netflix for your comic book. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> six issues, which maybe will last Excuse you over me, now. Five issues. Summer it's six, very rarely six. Descender is six, mm. and let me say again, Descender, really good book. That was a nine ninety nine book, mm. all totally worth it. Oh, by the way, they apparently confirmed that Slot and All Red, their their Silver Surfer book, which got mm-hmm. ended by Secret Wars, mm-hmm. will be back in twenty sixteen. Oh, nice. nice, I love the Slot. I would and All love Red to book. catch up with that if you let, ever let me borrow that trade. Maybe, maybe. <sighs> uh, hey, speaking of reprints and trades. Rick and Morty number one Ooh. got a really cool fourth volume cover. Mm-hmm. It is the cover to issue number one, but with Mr. Poopy Butthole there, like he's been the Which entire makes time. Sense. Yeah, he's yeah. been yeah. there. The he's been there since the first issue. I'm sorry, you don't have any bad memories of him. <laughs> Comic buying audience. <laughs> also, there was a a really strange story. Okay, so Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. really cool yeah. dude, stars in everything that's fun. I don't know where he finds the time to star in everything. Well, in the Keen Peel is over now. Now it's over, yeah. But he's he's in everything. But so he's, he's still in Fargo and Tomorrowland. And- what I what I didn't know about Key is that he had been he's adopted, mm-hmm. and so. 
he had he talked about that he looked up you know his relatives mm-hmm. and and found that he had several half brothers including one he said who had passed away who wrote comic books and had written some of the first black stars and people confirmed that it was the late Dwayne McDuffie who I've talked about on here is like one of the most underrated writers of his times written created damage control one of my favorite funny comics ever Mm. and wrote multiple great episodes of the Justice League animated series like he he was he's Keegan-Michael Key's both in show half brother the whole time wow small world maybe there is a creative gene it's sad that they couldn't meet each other when Duffy was alive Mm. it's just too bad um Okay, also in the news, so there was there was the happy birthday uh, <laughs> lawsuit, which killed, ha- which we'll see what happens on appeal, but apparently happy birthday might just be in the public domain soon. Yeah. Don't yeah. play uh, the other happy birthday. Oh, right now, Chris. You know what? Because what if this goes on YouTube someday? No, uh, I never will. But, no, in the, but in the other realm of interesting uh, <laughs> lawsuits of copyright, mm. DC, it turns out, owns the rights to Batmobiles. And what? so... What happened was this guy, this guy was building Batmobiles to then sell. He built a '66 Batmobile. Mm-hmm. He built an '89 Batmobile, and then he was selling them. And DC mm-hmm. said, "You can't make our cars and sell them." And he says, "You don't have the rights to the physical car." And now, finally, at the end of the lawsuit, really they weird. say DC does have the rights to wow. physical I mean, recreations of things that uh-oh. appeared in. Jerry Lawler is going to lose his. Uh... Oh man, they're going to repossess his, his '66 Batmobile. I, Guys, watch Jerry Lawler. I don't give understand tour. what you just yeah. said. Okay. That's a good. That's a good documentary. D- Jerry, Jerry Lawler has okay on YouTube. They have hey, it's it's like uh, it's pretty much exactly Cribs from MTV uh, Cribs. However, if you're 800 years old and remember MTV, Cribs. however, <laughs> I think the internet has especially has long created a market. Etsy alone oh, yeah. is all about creating physical items that don't exist in the real world that people might want to buy, and companies like DC don't find physically rewarding enough mm-hmm. physically rewarding enough to uh, engage in themselves. Like I think that's Etsy's whole philosophy is like you don't own yeah. this thing that Anybody, I make. Yeah, yeah. And they're they've been getting away with it all this time. Who knows? This that's could weird. change things. I, I never understood why that was totally okay, but mm-hmm. I think I, I remember reading something about like, yeah, you can't stop a person from making a Batmobile. Or well, this is also like it's arts and crafts. Yeah. Like, what are you going to sue children because like yeah. I made my Spider Man thing? Yeah, yeah. Marvel's not... here. You, you, how dare you sew a Spider Man? And so thing. this this guy pours like ten years into making a Batmobile, and he sells it. He has every right to sell it. But I think when you have a website based on the mass production of that thing, uh. based on IP you don't own, I, I don't know. I don't understand yeah. why that, that that hammer hasn't come down. I, the last P. time I remember it coming down was for um, Serenity because they didn't make those Jane Cobb hats. Uh, and like that was like I think that's all Etsy was for a little while. And Fox was like, "Nah, that's can't that racistwar dot com." Uh, now that guy's <laughs> nobody wants that guy's stuff. Is he uh, racist now? Whatever. Game. Look, I don't even want. Sorry. If you mention him once, he comes at you like oh, he. Despite Uh-oh. starring in a TNT original series right now, he still has lots of time to out reply people. We meant Alec Baldwin. Yeah, that guy, guy sucks. Guy actually, he'll, ca- he'll calls his come, daughter a pig. He'll come and get us too, man. Is he on the Scandals episode? No, he won't. No. Look, Dave, there's, there's, I gotta save stuff for volume two, man. Ah, right, right, right. Sean Penn was just in the news for Scandal mm-hmm. stuff. But anyway, guys, listen to the, listen to the Laser Time Scandals episode. Please. Okay, last two bits of news involve the um, Spider-Man movies, or mm-hmm. potential Spider-Man movies. Uh, first off, the director has said that Spider, uh, Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will start at 15. Wow. A 15-year-old Spider-Man, that means he's got three years of high school that they could show. So 
you know, he won't be graduating from high school at the end mm-hmm. of the at the start of the first movie anymore, or halfway through the first movie. Is the think. actor over eighteen at least? He's nineteen, like, but he's a very boyish English face. Mm-hmm. So I think he can play. He can play fifteen for like next three years, and he will. Uh, and meanwhile, Drew Goddard did a new interview and. He still has hopes that Sinister Six will happen, but I think it's just mainly his hopes. Maybe if the audience is actually asking for it, rather than, mm. <laughs> rather than well, forcing it upon them. So, apparently he said the style of it was written to be an annual, uh, as in mm. a Marvel comic, a comic book annual, has very little to do with any regular storyline, yeah. and it can happen anytime. And so that's the way he was thinking of that. Though also that's like, oh wait, so you're going to make a Secret Six movie, but it could happen any time in your it's Amazing Spider-Man thing? a lot Spider-Man harder to thing. pull off in a movie. I, yeah. I remember somebody at Sony saying something to that effect like, well, there's Amazing Spider-Man and Web of Spider-Man. We should be able to do Spider-Man movies that don't follow the Amazing storyline. Mm-hmm. It happens... It existed in comics for years. Yeah, but if moviegoers have come to accept there's one weird. James Bond, there's one... You can't have... the. You can have a new James Bond, but if you had two James Bonds within the same time frame, like mm-hmm. within the same three years, that could be confusing, mm. you know? Though that is what they're going to do. Sony's doing the MCU Spider-Man, but also doing that animated Spider-Man mm-hmm. with uh, oh. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Which, by the way, Dave, did you know that on The Last Man on Earth, that's why his name's Phil Miller. It's Phil Lord, Chris Miller, oh, wow. the two producers. They just shoved their names together. Hey, this, you know The Last Man on Earth, Dave. Did, oh, did we just, do an article about we did. that? We did. We ranked every living thing in Last Man on Earth's first <laughs> season mm-hmm. in, uh, in anticipation of the new season. The whole concept, that whole headline is a spoiler, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but you should have seen the show by now if you but, haven't. Just check it out. Well, it's 13 the, episodes. Well, the header image is just Phil Miller. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe it, it's just Phil Miller yeah, on the maybe list. It's you don't one. know. It's all the last men ranked. If you also saw who got nominated for Emmys, though, you might also know there's some spoilers <laughs> in that. What, really? Uh, Someone was nominated for an Emmy? Besides, Christian Shaw was? Um, oh, really? I think so. I didn't know. So. I didn't know. She deserves it. She's good. She's you really know, good. I could be making that up. But anyway... Uh, all right, so let's get to the question of the week. Huh? Dub. All right, so last week's question of the week was a one that really got a lot of good replies. Mm-hmm. It was, what comic would you get, suggest for a younger reader if you were tasked with it? Mm-hmm. And several answers, oh, not I'm, only, I'm, well, well, several right. answers didn't just uh, get, you know, take that rhetorically or, or theoretically or whatever word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. They brought up real-life incidents where they uh, did give kids a comic book. Well, I don't have that, but I would say, like, recently I read the uh, the first trade for Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. And that, that has, like, not only the, it's a funny comic and it's not, like, dirty or really mean the one, the or anything. The one or two I read, it was, it's not even, it's not even as edgy as the show. But it's still, it's, it's, it's almost as funny as the show. No, no, it's no, not, no it's, that's what I'm saying. It, it's yeah. still funny, but, like, I would, I don't know if I'd recommend a kid, Bob's Burger to a kid. But show? I can see the show. I don't know. The show's not even like. I, well, it's, I think you. It, the, kid, the kids can be evil, and the humor is a little bit highbrow. No, it's very I adult that I can't see a kid liking it. But mm-hmm. the comics, yes. I but I don't think there's any. The, the show's not like offensive mm-hmm. in a way that a kid shouldn't watch it. So I, that, well, like, what about that old people swingers episode though? Eh, yeah. Maybe that. But I don't know, like buttholes, <laughs> Dave. All the buttholes. <laughs> uh, I love uh, that. But yeah, I mean, I guess. Anyway, that I, the comic could be at least a gateway drug. Like, and then when you're 13, you can watch the show. Uh, well, so Samael was the first one. 
uh, responder saying, if they're smart enough for it, I'd totally give them the current Miss Marvel and Groot's solo series. Mm. A lot of people said Miss Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel has a great message for young people, especially in the first arc, and is appropriate for nearly all ages. Meanwhile, Groot's current book is basically a cartoon, and I mean that in the best possible way, from the exaggerated art to the separated from Rocket, he has to find his way back home plot. Perfect for anyone. Super Giraffe says, I co-opt at an elementary school library for a bit in high school, so I saw kids taking out comics pretty often. They loved Bone and Naruto, but largely ignored the collection of Green Lantern, Green Arrow books that the elementary school had for some reason. Other than that, I'd probably recommend Calvin and Hobbes if Ooh, the man. kid wanted something newer. Good, but mm, not a comic book. Yeah, I'll stop yeah. it, Dave. Uh, Hit Let Me This good. Batman says, I work at a bookstore, and I've been shoving Gotham Academy and Donald Duck in kids', kids faces nonstop. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Like the Gotham Academy is a really good kids' book. Uh, or all ages, not just for kids. Electro Freeze has a long story, but it is really interesting, so... Uh, I found myself in this situation last year when I was coming back to Japan after a summer visit to San Francisco. A student at one of the schools I teach English is sort of a shut-in, dealing with anxiety and depression, and she would only occasionally come to school. She loved art, and I could sometimes convince her to come to school and sit and draw with me and talk about nerdy things with no pressure to study. Anyway, needless to say, I felt a special bond with the kid during our visits, and I promised I'd bring her back some comics from the States. I brought back some of my friend's books that he publishes. Uh, He runs an indie label called Youth in Decline. And on his recommendation, I got my student a copy of one of the Adventure Time comics. Her English wasn't good enough to read them, but seeing her light up when she looked through the comics was one of the most heartwarming and reaffirming moments of my time as an English teacher in Nagasaki. Wow. Uh, sorry to spin this a little off topic, but it reminded me of something nice. So yeah, we Adventure Time you. comics. <laughs> uh, Kelshaw says, I'd give them Thor the Mighty Avenger by Luridge and Samney, which is a book I had not heard of before. Uh, and it's a pretty recent one. Not only will they love this all-ages books, but it will also teach them the pain of a comic series getting canceled too early. Oh, Welcome to the real world, kids. Psylocke Rules said, Having just started my new job at a comic book warehouse, it's amazing! I've noticed that a lot of people buy My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, uh, but they also pick up We Bear Bears. And it's cute and easy to understand. So I never heard of this. We bear bears. We bear b a r or b a r e bears b e a r s. Hmm. It is a new show on Cartoon Network, which oh, I've yeah. seen kids and gay men really. <laughs> uh, some bears on my in my Twitter feed uh, are big fans of because it is three bears that moved to San Francisco and are living among humans. Mm-hmm. So bears in mm. San Francisco. Hey, I don't have to. Are you sure talking about looking on HBO? Uh, <laughs> no, that uh, I I should have watched more of that. And show. There's only one bear on that. I can't remember. Awkward loser. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> there's only one bear, but I think he was a regular <laughs> star, and he was the dude who was the gay guy in um, uh, Mean Girls. Oh. He grew up to be a bear. Uh, Psylocke rules. Uh, sorry, I already did that one. Awkward loser says. My wife and I are pretty close to adopting a toddler, and we already have a room set aside. It's loaded with X-Men, and no doubt our kid will read Astonishing, Stan Lee's adorable 60s run, and the Cosmic Marvel Tales. We both grew up in what we would now call a free-range home, so all ages isn't an issue. They'll, they'll have fun reading crazy stuff as long as it's not Max or Vertigo. So, uh, Snow Nightmare says... 
Princeless, which is a pretty great all ages book. It's uh, it has a really good art style, good jokes, and a subversion of fantasy tropes. Prince Less is a is about a princess who saves herself, I believe. Uh, but it's why do I think I just heard about that? The, for the some art, reason. the art and story is done by the person who did the um, Iron Fist Misty Knight love story mini comic. Well, mm-hmm. not mini comic, but short that was in a Secret Wars book, which I, which I really enjoyed. Uh, so I, I think I might check out that Prince Less and uh, Backlash. Sorry, Blacklash Pariah mm-hmm. says. I would recommend Robert Kirkman's Super Dinosaur. I really Ooh. do like that one. It's basically a book about a Johnny Quest-type kid and his 12-foot intelligent T-Rex <laughs> partner. And the T-Rex has missile-firing mech arms. It's hit, seriously de- it's hit serious delays in the last year and a half, so I'm behind a few issues, but it is great and used to have a lot of hype. That was by Robert Kirkman, which he even, like, he explicitly said, I wrote this for my son, and he kind of came up with the idea. Like, he... He has a kid of reading age now. He's like, I want to make a book for my son. An image will print anything I write. If Robert Kirkman has an idea, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll get the best artist on it. We'll all full color. We don't care. Whatever you want. Well, he's also kind of the president there. Or he's he's a high-level executive. He's not just a writer, man. And lastly, Punk James said, when it came to my seven-year-old niece, we read Penny Dora and the Wishing Box, which ended up being an absolutely fantastic book. Though she hated having to wait a month in between issues. Penny Dora. That I'd sounds like a thing that. that Bart would make fun of Lisa for reading. <laughs> Ugh, you just buy those Penny Dora books. I'm sorry you think they're lame, Bart, but they're... <laughs> uh, uh, what's the line? It, it's You know, it's sad to me that you equate friendliness with wimpiness, and I hope <laughs> it prevents you from ever sustaining a real relationship in your life. That's basically what she says in Three Men in a Comic <laughs> Book, which I watched recently for some reason. I don't <laughs> know why. Go to the Patreon and get the Simpsons show. Okay, uh, this week's question of the week, guys. Uh, so, based on Mr. Coates writing Black Panther, mm-hmm. is there any writer who doesn't do comics that you would be interested in seeing do comic books? Mm-hmm. Specifically, a major comic book character. You know, the dudes like Stephen King's never wrote a comic. Meanwhile, of, and so I'm going to cheat and just go real quick to mine. Okay. Quentin Tarantino has always <laughs> said he would do a comic book. Uh, and you technically... Is there a Django comic? Technically, his name has appeared on Django comics, but mm-hmm. he gave the story idea, which basically equates to him sending an email to the actual guy who wrote the script. But it is because Quentin Tarantino's time is worth a lot, and he could not be paid anything mm-hmm. for a script in a comic book that he would get paid for a movie. I remember reading Kevin Smith when he was doing... When mm-hmm. Kevin Smith was regularly writing comics... He said he was telling Quentin Tarantino you should do it, but Tarantino said the money was too bad. He wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But if he could finally get over the money and write the, I don't know, Black Panther book he's always wanted to write, or Captain America or Superman. Actually, after rewatching Kill Bill Volume 2, that speech. I'd love to see him do Superman. That is one of the best. Born Superman. All right, guys, do you have a suggestion for this? Uh, uh, go ahead, Dave. Well, in light of the recent article I wrote about uh, Last Man on Earth, oh, I think well, Will Forte, Will Forte like, he wrote a lot of that yeah. show. He was a writer on action as well back in the day. Wow, really? Yep. Um, I think he would, yeah, I think he also wrote for SNL for a little bit before well, he was yeah, a cast member. Yep. Uh, but I would say, like, him writing a superhero that's like Phil Miller, that just, mm-hmm. like, a superhero that people ha- still somehow like be- 
despite the fact that he's a he, he's only out for himself and tries to sabotage everyone around and him and constantly lies yeah. and all those things man what would be Ant-Man maybe or uh, Ambush Bug or Booster Gold. Booster Gold is, is a pretty good I one, too. I just read that, that that got a new thing announced today. What? The Booster Gold oh, thingy majig. No, I had not um, seen this. Reportedly developing Booster Gold Blue Beetle movie with Greg Berlanti. Um, wow. That is interesting. Yes. Uh, I, I think... Oh, did I lose it again? No, I didn't. Because um, he may have done it already. Oh. Walter Hill. Oh. Um, oh, wait, the Warriors? I the think Warriors? He's sort of. Well, I feel the like Warriors he has. comic book kind of. He's still alive? Yeah, he's totally yeah, still alive. He directed a movie with Schwarzenegger and uh, Stallone that no one saw. Oh, maybe. yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> but, <laughs> he may not uh, have no any. Were, like, like, I bet Moan for Stallone could tell if us. If you what see that the is. Warriors in Streets of Fire, you see someone who has a real. Uh, like, probably has a knack for comic like pulpy dialogue and mm. and composition. His uh, yeah, from a composition and like world building standpoint, yeah. Warriors and Streets of Fire are they're comic books. It's, like they're so in the best possible way. Then the Warriors that are just like shown in a frame that suggests so much more. The, I don't know. Movies don't get to do that very often. Well, I love them when movie. they when they came when it came out on DVD. They mm-hmm. pretty much made the Warriors into a. comic That's book. sort of how I got I got yeah. to that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like that it was always supposed to be a comic book. Like, shut up, Walter. Make a real comic. Make, make a real comic thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna. Well, I was gonna say nobody's gonna greenlight your films, but obviously somebody did. But at his age, though, I don't. Man, you think? Do you think that uh, George Miller's success yes. with? With Bad Max, it's opened the door for other 70-year-olds mm-hmm. to return to their uh, most I think famous it might. things. Maybe it just su- should suggest, suggest a little bit of tenacity, because yeah. Miller never let go of Fury Road. Well, there's Despite, just... Like, yeah. Remember that did star Mel Gibson what what is it 10 about, years ago. What is it about writers in the 70s that have, they have the most average names? <laughs> well, White George Cash. Miller... I still think George yeah, Miller really stands out as, like, he he's an old man who didn't get shitty in his old age, which is the... But he ma- did! It is the big he exception to Okay, sure. It was a dumb dream of his, but uh, whatever. And he also sort of is responsible for L.A. Noir. Like it was his what? company that bankrolled. Really? He, oh, I believe, yeah, he owned Bondi. that company. Yeah, I think he owned Team Bondi because it was, you know, Australia. So mm. yeah. Though what I've also heard about L.A. Noir is what you saw was barely Team Bondi and that Rockstar fixed the whole damn thing. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so what writer would you, who doesn't do comic books, would you like to see jump into comic books like Mr. Coates did this week? Answer it on the forums. There will be a link to it on this week's episode page, which also has the links to all the thing, uh, comics we talked about this week that you can buy on Amazon and help out the show. All that cool stuff. Uh, so I guess this is time for the plugs. Indeed. Lasertimepodcast.com. Boom, it looks all good and stuff now yeah, on so mobile gorgeous. and desktops. It's been redesigned. Thank you so much, Josh. I uh, yeah. got a bunch of fun stuff over there. New Laser Time this week included, which is network debut. Is a little idea Dave came Yay. up with about the TV shows that launched entire networks. So yeah. I, I feel like it has a lame title, but no, we're not talking about the new fall TV season. Yeah. We're talking about what show launched the Fox Network yeah. or AMC mm. or Star Trek. Well, well for mm-hmm. like AMC and HBO and MTV, their it's first like their, their first original shows or their mm-hmm. first like show that wasn't music mm-hmm. or a movie or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and also there was a brand new bonus time on yeah. uh, the Patreon, but that's for Patreons only. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Some article about the Muppets, good Muppet mm. moments. We streamed uh, bad Muppets seven, games. Yeah. Uh, we streamed uh, Scott 
Pilgrim. Um, oh, yeah. Comic book related. We streamed Scott Pilgrim, yeah. the video game. And we watched it on our Monday night movie. So if you yeah. donate the $5 level, you can get an MP3 of that. Get that commentary. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can see the the, the game. Uh, the game was flagged up and down for oh, all boy. of its music. It Pretty is wonderful music. And sorry, Germany, but you, YouTube <laughs> won't allow you to watch it. You specifically. It, it is blocked in Germany. Poor Germany. Mm-hmm. All these stupid laws yeah. in between countries. Uh, and uh, let's see. Also, there was a new video game apocalypse, which I was not on this week, but you About guys... Konami. Yeah. Konami games. Konami. I, you know, Jim Sterling is selling a t-shirt that says hashtag fuck Konami on it with a Twitter bird that looks like MGS5 snake on it. I, I'm mm. t- tempted to get it, but I won't. It's yeah. With a, a t-shirt with a profanity, Hank? That'll, yeah, that'll, that'll really dirty. impress a teenager, Hank. Uh, <laughs> and that's all I want. I want to impress those sexy teenagers. Did I say that? Well, I pissing that. on the grave of a Japanese company that couldn't make it in the current <laughs> landscape. Um, let's see. Also, what are you talking about? They're living in a golden mausoleum called iOS. <laughs> um, oh, also VG Empire. There's not a new one this week uh, because Brett, Brett's his name, he went to Tokyo, but you can still listen to episode 100, which was a gee-rate episode. And then uh, Rocktober is starting soon. Rocktober is starting here. I wonder what it could be. Hmm. Four-week-long rock block of game-themed music shows. Yeah. Uh, but also, you can just go to the YouTube page and see all these great things. Go to the go to the website. Oh, we're doing so many so many different posts each day. I did one about the new Supergirl footage that came mm-hmm. out. There's tons of stuff we've been working on. We've been working so hard for you guys, and we yep. appreciate everything. All right. Also, Chief Podcast and sorry, the bi-weekly sorry. wrestling commentary and wrestler theme Friday. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sorry, Dave. Yeah, we did. me and you did a two-man Chief Podcast this week. Yep. Talk about Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. All right, so do all those things. Listen to them. Look it up. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!